How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope, who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls Jesus Christ, my living. 
morning. To help prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, I'd like to read from Matthew 26, verse 26, where we see, while Jesus was eating, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it, gave it to the disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. You'll bow with me. Our Heavenly Father, as we're gathered here and as we reflect on the words that were just read, Father, we're just so thankful for the covenant that you've established with us, the covenant that promises that we do have salvation through you for the forgiveness of sins. And Father, we're just so thankful for that sacrifice, the sacrifice that meant that Jesus gave his life for us, that establishes that covenant of salvation and father we're just so thankful for that father as we partake of this broken bread that represents that broken body father we again reflect on that and that promise that you gave us and father we we know that we look forward to that day when we once again will uh, have that time when we will again partake of this fruit of the vine in the day when Jesus comes, Father. Be with us now as we partake of this bread. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray with me again. Our Heavenly Father, as we continue this memorial, Father, we again reflect on the suffering and the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us, Father, and the blood that was shed that 
washes away our sins, that gives us the hope of salvation and the forgiveness of sins. Father, you've done that for, for us, and we just want to thank you for that. Father, and as we partake of this fruit of the vine that represents that shed blood, Father, we pray that, uh, again, we'll continue to remember that sacrifice and what it means for us. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a couple of words before we take up the collection. One of the things I've always been impressed with about this congregation is the generosity and the, the, the outpouring of love and support we've had for many of our mission, mission programs and our ministries. And we're going through the budget discernment process. I want to thank Kevin Hunter and Wes Fagan for leading us through that. It's been a, a, a learning process. Um, we, we tried to look at our, our, our vision and our, our wish list of things we want to do. And uh, we've always been able to, to look at expanding those, those, um, those efforts. And, and that's one of the things I've always been impressed with, that uh, this, this congregation has always stepped up and been very generous when it comes to our, our ministries, not only in money, but also in physical support, uh, volunteer hours, uh, and the things that it takes to make these programs uh, to, to be successful. And I want to thank all the ministry leaders for that effort. Uh, again, keep our budget discernment process in your prayers. Uh, uh, again, uh, I want to thank Kevin and Wes for leading us through that. And uh, again, we look at the first three months of giving to look at uh, the support that uh, will uh, fund our efforts. And uh, again, we do um, uh, look at 
our wish list, and, and again, what you give us, it will determine what that wish list looks like. So keep that process in your prayers, and thank you again that you bow with me. Our Heavenly Father, again, we are just so thankful for this generous congregation, and, and, and Father, we just ask that you continue to bless us, bless our efforts, bless our ministries, bless our leaders. Bless those that, uh, that look forward to what we can do to expand our outreach programs and reach those that are lost and those that need our support in our benevolence programs and the many things we do to reach out to people. Father, we ask that you bless that effort. Help us to understand what your will is in everything that we do. Father, be with us as we uh, look forward to our discernment process thank for the leaders in that process and what they do for this congregation. Father, be with us. We thank you again for all you do to bless us in this effort. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. morning we're going to read the first eight verses of mark chapter 16 when the sabbath was over mary magdalene mary the mother of james and shalom brought spices so they might go to anoint jesus's body very early on the first day of the week just after sunrise they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other who will roll away the stone who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you.
Jesus, you were all to me. Why did you die on Calvary? O Lamb of God, I failed to see. How could this be part of the plan? They say that you're alive again, but I saw death and every sin reach out to claim their darkest win. How could this be part of the plan? If I could only hold your hand and touch the scars where nails were driven, I would need to feel your side where holy flesh by spear was risen. Then I believe, only then I believe your cruel death was part of the heavenly plan. Remember to turn it on. It's resurrection morning. Jesus has been dead for a couple of days. And the Sabbath has passed. The ladies now have a chance to come and anoint the body with spices and ointment. And the spices and ointment was more for their sake, uh, for a little later. And I'll get into that as the... The, the burial of loved ones was a two-part piece. And we kind of forget about the second part. We always focus on the, the initial burial. But we forget about the collection of the bones because these tombs were really just for the decomposing of the body. And they, they get up early that morning, as we just read, asking questions. They're concerned for what they're going to see. Who will they see? Will the guards still be there? What's going to be said? This visit to the tomb wasn't to see if Jesus had said what he had said would happen. This visit, as I said, was about the the preparation of the body to help the body decompose, to be wrapped up, to have its resting place. And so the, the body would get wrapped up with these, the linens and the spices and the, uh, the ointment and all that. And <coughs> excuse me, that was to, to stop the body from smelling as bad later. After a body has decomposed and the, the flesh is gone, there's not a whole lot there, and yet the room will smell of that body. So they plan on going in to wrap this body. It's dead. They saw Jesus crucified. Before he was taken off the cross, they saw the spear go into his side. He was dead. 
if Jesus had not been raised, then sooner or later, someone would have had to go and collect his bones and fold them in a particular way to put into a bone box, which is where they stored the, the bones, the graveyard as such. Three days is not enough for a body to, to decompose, for the bones to be collected. Three days is not enough for the body to even start its proper decomposition. Three days is just where it's starting to smell a little bit. Three days is too soon to try he is risen. Because if you collect the bones and then say, he's not here, you have reason to say, he's gone, he's risen. Three days is not enough for that. And not even Jesus' followers, the disciples, the ones who heard him say, I will raise again, believed or even understood what he meant. (coughs) the disciples when the ladies came to them we know did not believe because John and Peter ran to the tomb to see for themselves if they believed they'd have said yeah we know but they needed proof they needed to see they wanted to know they had to see for themselves there's a story in uh, Luke chapter 24 that I encourage you to read or reread. It's about two men traveling the seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It starts by saying, Now that same day, the day of resurrection, this Sunday, two of them were going, into a, going to a village called Emmaus. And it says they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. That's an interesting line there. They were kept from recognizing him. Jesus walked to Emmaus, discussing all that had happened with them. He even speaks with authority from scripture, it says. And when they get to Emmaus, the men say, hey, why don't you eat with us? Why don't you join us for dinner? Stay the night and then you can carry on with your your trip. So Jesus goes in. And it says, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared. My eyes are open, I finally got it, and it's gone. It's kind of like a paycheck, right? Um, I finally got it, and the bills come in. Um, But they see him, and he vanishes. This resurrected body is not like the original. It's kind of a Jesus 2.0. We'll go into a little more detail with that. But the text carries on. 
And it says that the apostles in Jerusalem, seven miles away, were meeting in a room. Judas was not there at this point. Not Judas. He certainly wasn't there. But Thomas wasn't there at this point. And Jesus appears to them in this locked room. Jesus was just in Emmaus, and he disappears and arrives into a room where the apostles are. As I said, this is Jesus 2.0. He's able to go through walls and whatever else. I, I, I cannot explain this. This is a God thing. But scripture is very evident. Scripture is very clear. Thomas is not there. <laughs> Thomas, well, let's go to John. We'll read from John uh, chapter 20. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, which I, it means twin, but I think it means late, because he did show up, but Jesus had already disappeared at this point. Um, one of the twelve was not with the other disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. The apostles needed to see to believe. Peter and John ran to the tomb to believe. Thomas is not the only one doubting here. A week later, so this is the Sunday, a week after the resurrection, okay? <laughs> a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. He got there on time this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my, uh, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. He is talking to us. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, the book of John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in his name. The doors were locked. And Jesus appeared. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for allowing us to meet here in this safety. We thank you for this congregation who has gathered together to sing praises to you, who have come to build one another up, who have come to give back a portion of what you've blessed us with, who have come to hear you speak through me today. And Father, this is our prayer that you speak through me. Let your words be heard. And let anyone who may have questions, doubts, fears, or even hard hearts be moved by you today, by your presence in this place. 
May we not have the physical, or we may not have the physical evidence today that the, the disciples had then. But we know your presence is here. We have faith. We have hope. And we have this narrative pointing, to, pointing us to who you are and all that you're going to keep doing through your son, Jesus, and f- through his church. Father, open our hearts and open our minds at this time. Fill this place with your Holy Spirit. And let us look forward to the day we get to see you and hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. These things we pray in the, G- in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> so I'm sure you've heard it asked before. How many Christians does it take to change a light bulb? Change? We can't change. And the truth is, many of us don't like change. I don't know if it's out of fear. I don't know if it's the unknown. Uh, If it's considered sinful. Because we're doing what we're doing and so anything else must be wrong. Right? Um, Maybe it's progressive. Who knows? Romans 12.2 speaks into that and we'll touch on that verse in a little bit. Um, But whether we like change or not, change happens. You are not who you used to be. You do not look like you were first born. Thank the Lord. But we change. Some things are subtle. Some things are a little more evident. Um, Businesses. They change things. Pepsi cans. They've changed over the years. They do not look like that anymore. (coughs) And I think even this current one is out of date now. Merchandise changes so it can be more appealing, more interesting. Oh, we need to get more sales. And we, it changes so that they are up to date. Can anyone tell me who this one is? Mario. Does he look like that anymore? No. He looks like this. Things change. You can tell that's Mario. But you can really tell in the second picture, right? Computer graphics change. um, Characteristics change. He even has a uh, mustache. He's always had a mustache. He's even wearing gloves now. Um, His hands got colder as he got older. Um, A change that affects all of us, or has affected (coughs) all of us, uh, at least us older ones, is the telephone. Imagine going back 100, 150 years. Forget that. Imagine going back 30 years ago and imagining what sort of a computer you can have in your pocket. This technology has changed so much. This has more power and more memory than my brother's first computer, like 20 or 30 times the amount of power and memory. It's amazing. Technology has changed, and we're afraid of change, yet how many of you rely on your phones now? How many of you would rely on the wooden one? 
Finally, God allows change in nature. This is the easy go-to. The caterpillar, the hungry little caterpillar that eats all this stuff, and maybe that's just the book. Um, but he, he eats a whole lot, right? And, or she, can change into a beautiful butterfly. And change happens all around us, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we're comfortable with it or not. People grow, habits form, taste buds adjust. We as individuals transform and we don't always see it. You may look back in the mirror and say, who is that? Because we are changing even if we don't want to. I can't even put my shoes on without having to sit down and bend over and still lose my breath over doing it. We are not who we used to be. I want us to spend just a few minutes looking at what the resurrection of Jesus does. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, what it does for us and the hope that we live in. This resurrected and born again, new and improved body is not what it used to be. This, this body that was tempted by the devil as Jesus started his ministry, is not the same as the resurrected body. And this is where my notes messed up because all my notes got squeezed into one picture. So hopefully I can get this. The body of hope is transformed by the death, burial, and resurrection. This might make some of us a little uncomfortable, but when we read through Scripture... The resurrected Jesus, we quickly learn that the resurrected physical Jesus has been transformed. It uses up the matter of the crucified body, hence the empty tomb, but equally it comes and goes through locked doors. It is not always recognized, and in the end it disappears into God's space. It ascended into heaven. And this idea of God's space was... There was human space, then there was this little curtain, and then there was God's space. And that was the Jewish thinking. No one had been able to go through that curtain and leave human space and go into God's space. This new body was able to do that. The body of hope appears in times of need and when least expected. None of the disciples expected the body of Jesus to appear in that room. None of the apostles expected the body to be gone from the tomb. The men traveling to Emmaus, the apostles, Thomas, or even much later in a different form, Paul, did not expect Jesus to be present. Paul was on his way to persecute the group known as the Way. And Jesus appeared to him, maybe not in this fleshly version, but still spoke to him and appeared to him. 
There's something different about this body. And it appears when we need it and when we least expect it. The body of hope will act according to the desire of God. Jesus was seen by many before his ascension. Scripture tells us Jesus performed many other signs, uh, yeah, many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that you may believe that Jesus, uh, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We may not fully understand how God is working in our lives, but we know for sure that he is. We know that he is working, and he will act according to the desire of God. And finally, the body of hope has been passed on and given into our hands. Now, this may not be what you're thinking. The, the body that has ascended is still there, and we're still waiting for that, ascension, that descension, and we're waiting for the loud trumpets, the, the end of times, whatever that may look like. And that's a whole other sermon. I'm not going to go into that. But the body of Christ is us. We are now the body of Christ. We do not look like Jesus, physically. But we should be seen as Jesus in all that we do and in all that we say. When people look at you, they should see Christ in you. We are the body of hope. And that puts us back up to the first three points. Because we no longer physically look like the body of Jesus. We have been transformed, and we no longer look like him. We, we appear to those in need when they need, and when they least expect us to be there. When people are going through health issues, we provide meals. When a baby is born, we, we comfort, and we're, we're there, and we're supporting. That is the body of hope. And as part of the body of hope, we're to desire God's will for us. Doing what he says. Doing what he commands. And so the body does not look like, and it doesn't sound like, and it doesn't react like Jesus born as the baby and growing up. It has, it has changed. We may not be able to physically go through walls. How cool would that be, though? Um, <coughs> but we can still be there for the people in need. We can still be the body of hope. And so, the body of hope is in this room. We are the body. We bring hope. want to fall down that step, sorry. And I invite all of you, I invite anyone that has not put Christ on in baptism today to consider it, to become a part of this body of hope where Jesus will transform you.
into a new creation. I invite everyone else who already is a part of God's church, those who have put Christ on in baptism, those who, I mentioned Romans 12 too, who have been transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take a look in the mirror. Have a look. Do you see Christ when looking back at you? Or do you see you? Have you started to look like him? Have you started to sound like him? When people see you, do they see Jesus? We no longer need to fear. We have no reason to doubt. We can claim, you are my Lord and my God, because he is risen. Let's stand and sing. Holy presence, holy face, a vision filling time and space, your nearness makes my spirit grace. Could this be part of the plan? I see the wounds that cause the cry from heaven, ocean, earth, and sky. church. Uh, glad everybody can make it here this morning, uh, especially our visitors. If you would, if you would raise your hand, we have a token of our appreciation for y'all being here this morning. Um, if you don't want it, just pass it back up front and I'll take it home. So, uh, so I got some, a lot of information I'll try to get through. Uh, there will be a gathering on March 5th at 1 p.m., at the Leon's at 212 Gulf Street, Angleton, Texas. Um, this is for the Holding Hands Angels. So come and join us, ladies. I will not be there. So that's good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> also, I have a thank you card here from uh, Kevin Hunter and his family. Uh, okay. I wasn't. All right. Thank you for the overwhelming support during Kevin's recent diagnosis and treatment from the prostate cancers. cancer. It has been a time of difficulty in our family, but all of you have made it easier to bear. 
The cards, the visits, the meals, the prayers brought us comfort. I don't know how many people endured the trial of life without a church family to surround them. We are so thankful that the test results reveal that the cancer has been completely removed. Amen. And the additional treatments will be will uh, additional treatments will be necessary. We are encouraged by you all and appreciate your love and understanding during the slow process of healing. We love you all, Kevin Hunter and family. Thank you, Kevin. Glad you're here today. I'm glad you're out and moving and not just texting. <laughs> also, um, if you open your caring and sharing and you'd look at, we have a list there. Also, to remember Royce McCoy and Bernice Skinner and Vicki. Uh, all of them are going through some very difficult times right now. And Vicki has some other tests and is waiting for an MRI and to decide the next steps in treatment. And she's he uh, healing very slowly but uh, getting better each day. Bernice has some difficulties, but that sounds like the transplant, she's on the list, and that's the movement uh, toward for her is to, for the liver transplant. Also be with Alan in his travels, and then um, uh, Gail McDoula's daughter, who's over in Cairo, Egypt, on an internship right now, to keep her in our prayers. Uh, remember that we have uh, life groups tonight, and then next Sunday, is our uh, Family Fellowship Sunday. Uh, also, uh, next Sunday, we'll have a guest speaker, which will be uh, Charles Mickey. And, um, and then we'll have a combined class also next Sunday. And uh, Roger's going to give a report from his trip to Haiti. Uh, so be here for that. Uh, I was just thinking about the message that, that uh, Peter brought this morning and and Thomas, and the things that we don't get to see, and that we still have faith. Um, Ron said something in class that really kind of makes me really think about Monday morning. What am I? Am I going to be different? Am I going to do something any different than what I did after coming here and being around my brothers and Christians? I mean. I don't know about y'all. The reason I come here is because I am not perfect. You know, I, I struggle with sin and continue to pray. But getting up and preparing to come here is such a blessing. And sometimes you don't want to. You go, I don't want to get up. I don't want to get here. But then after you just do make that decision and you are here, how much better do you feel? I just want to continue to think about where we are in our life we don't tomorrow is not a guarantee and what i am doing right now is it where christ wants me to be that's kind of sometimes a very tough message for us to take that am i doing the things he wants me to do because get, tomorrow is never ever a given and so i think we are a very blessed people and we need to make sure that we are blessing others and putting them first. Uh, let's be standing and I'll pray and then Robin can have our closing song. Afar, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the time we're able to spend in class and study your word a little bit deeper and, and have that open discussion between our Christian brothers and sisters. Um, it is a really true blessing to have that time. 
also during this time to lift praises to you and then listen to Peter's words. I just ask that you be with all those on our prayer list and the the times they're going through and just be with either the doctors and the family members who are standing alongside them and comfort them. Guide us through the rest of this week and pray in Christ's name. Amen. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. God.